podcast that explores the joys and challenges of being creative so that you can more easily tell your own damn story hey alex simmons how are you sir what's going on oh you know how i am because i got on the horn to you and i said chris we got to do this we got to do this now we got to do this while it's hot while it's happening while you're in the kitchen cooking while while the while the ingredients are are laid out across the table and any other metaphor that I can come up with. Yes. If I'm going to be honest, you sent me all that exactly as I was cooking. (laughs) And this is the extent of my cooking. I was warming up a calzone from ShopRite, (laughs) and I was putting um, vegetables on the plate that the glorious one had cut up and put it for a a previous meal and they were left over. So I I was so excited with myself. I was like, Oh, there's some carrots and there's a couple (laughs) of bits of celery and there's some, uh, was it uh, sliced peppers and, and then, Oh, there's some macaroni salad. Cause you know, you can't eat too healthy, you know, (laughs) and uh, some spinach dip. And I thought I was such a chef, right. Yeah. (laughs) Going into the refrigerator and that's the extent of cooking. And pulling out and those I, goodies. And I just had to put the calzone in the oven for the right amount of time. Eh, I did kind of okay. <laughs> <laughs> he put the macaroni in the oven, the calzone. This that's right. The calzone, we, went, we put that in the spinach dip. And then, <laughs> yeah, so I, as long as I'm, you know, don't poison myself, I'll be okay. But Well, luckily, yeah, you're, cooking you're better is a better writer, publisher there, than you are a chef. That's that's what we'll just go well, with. Well, yeah. you know what it is? I'm spoiled. I am spoiled by the glorious one. So, you know, and I'm trying to do more on my own so she doesn't have to do as much. And I'm finding how hilarious I am in the kitchen. <laughs> and I'm sure she's getting a good laugh out of it, too. Well, she's she's uh, she's had a social engagement with some of her retiree fans, uh, friends. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, I get to embarrass myself in front of the pets. And that's it. <laughs> They all looked at me and they were like, dude. Yeah, yeah. Well, they walk, good, good thing they, you don't have to cook our food. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. Damn right. Yeah, just tear uh, open the bag and pour, please. Yeah. Okay. So so you called this uh, emergency meeting yes. of the Tell the, Tell damn, the story damn Story staff. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Avengers have assembled. Yeah. So uh, Both of them. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So who are we facing? Are we facing Kang or... Slang or what? what are we tang. Facing? We're gonna be facing Tang. tang yeah. Oh, the <laughs> horrors of Tang. Yeah. And for those of you who don't are let too, it mix with water, <laughs> too young to know what the heck Tang is or was, go to the count your wish. blessings. Count <laughs> your <laughs> blessings. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, well, what I called you together for this is because um, we've intimated in in a couple of other episodes about how you are you and Seamus, you know, Nunzio uh, Publishing House are putting together a new anthologine, which is a a, a word that, that I had not encountered up. before. Right. I had not <laughs> I made encountered it up. before. Right. So we should and, probably explain that word. No, we don't. We're just going to leave them hanging. No, really. What I wanted to do was to actually go behind the scenes here, which is why we're here, and to really get a little bit more into that, a little more granular into what it is you're doing, how you're okay. doing this, and how's this... How's a writer, how's a school teacher turn writer turn 101 other things become this 
publisher who's bent over the workbench yeah. 24-7 for what? Yes, How long now? Two, two months? Three months? Four um, months? Was it? Uh, let's see. I think the idea... I pitched people around around Halloween. We, we okay, had, so I had organized a reading um, of a Horror Writers Association, New York chapter writers for a uh, large Barnes and Noble out here in Jersey. And um, the response was really good. And the evening was great. And the germ of this idea was playing around. As a matter of fact, I will show you a prop. Oh, a prop. Here we go, folks. For those of you uh, who can see what we're doing. Last summer, I went out to Denver. Not an experience I would recommend to everybody because I couldn't <laughs> breathe the entire time I was there. But I went for my first live StokerCon. Okay. And uh, StokerCon is the convention that is uh, um, comes from... Bram Stoker, right? Yes, Bram Stoker. Um the but author it's from of... the Horror Writers Association, the international level of that. Yes. And I'll um, fill that line in. Bram Stoker, the author of the creator of the Dracula book. Right. Well, right. the awards are named after him. As, yeah. Uh, I just figured someone I, might not know who he was. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, as one of the first horror writers, you know, um, him, Mary Shelley. Um, but they went with the Stoker Awards. And each year, they give the attendees um, a souvenir anthology. And this is the one for last uh, year. I'm this trying is to called get it Stoker where... Con 2022 Souvenir, souvenir anthology. anthology. Edited by Cynthia Paleo. Cynthia Paleo, if you haven't read Cynthia Paleo, uh, do so. She's fascinating, a Chicago uh, writer, um, uh, definitely a city girl. Definitely someone who was uh, tangled with the horrors of family and uh, gone on. Matter of fact, I have one of her pieces right here. Uh, we Came From an Island, mm. which is like three short stories. Um, she is, her, her roots are in Puerto Rico. And there's some mythology and some family roots mixed in together in those three stories. Really fascinating stuff. Mm, mm, but mm. this thing... While I couldn't breathe, I would go back to the room occasionally and just just to try and take my mind off it, I picked this up. And every page in here is gorgeous. So wow. it brought me in. And then there were author profiles and short stories. And this book stayed with me. And I will tell you, uh, the project I'm working on now was birthed in the exhilarating experience of reading that and taking my mind off and relaxing me so I could breathe better. So, mm -hmm. uh, Cynthia Paleo sort of saved my life with this book. <laughs> uh, and I, I forget the uh, artist. For, for those, of you, I just got to quickly say for those of you who've heard any of our previous episodes where he talked about how the summer tried to kill him when he was a kid spring uh, spring yeah, always spring tried to kill spring him. yeah spring always tried to kill him when he was a kid you you can appreciate this denver experience here oh yeah all right so so wait a minute so, let me let me just jump back for a second because we sure. sort of went off on a tangent there um i know that you're going to bring stoker kind everything back into 
the anthalazine, but you did start to, and I interrupted you, you did start to explain anthalazine. Yes. Well, okay. So, so um, that that I just showed you is an anthology. Anthologies mm-hmm. are collections of short stories from different writers with, um, I guess you would say, a um, common theme most times. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes it's just the genre. Crime anthology, you know, best crime stories of 2023 or uh, best horror stories, right? Um, I started to do that, but then... I realized, you know, another part of Stoker, and I lose you? No, I'm here. All right. Another part of Stoker that I liked so much was um, the, the Stoker Khan souvenir book was the uh, author interviews, the profiles of the um, honored guests and that kind of stuff. And I said, well, how can, you know, what could you do with that? And then I started thinking if I had an anthology and then I did a profile on every author in the anthology. Okay, but I wanted magazine style profiles, not part the whole career, but just something mm-hmm. to kind of build off that story to give them like we're doing now behind the scenes, that mm-hmm. kind of feel. And then I wanted to so I wonder if I get some people to write about different aspects of horror Mm. so those became essays or thought pieces uh i did an interview with two people that i know Uh, i can talk about that if you want um you know these they're just the ragamuffins off the street that we try to help (laughs) one guy's name alex i don't know something Um, or other yeah all right so it started to feel more like a a split thing. Some of it felt like anthology and some of it felt like magazine. And I like to play. So mix those two words together and I came up with anthologine. And I thought it was just fun enough and just fresh sounding enough to amuse people. And and hopefully, oh, let me see what this is like. Mm-hmm. So um, Soul Scream, and I guess we'll have to explain what that is eventually. Soul Scream Anthalazine, um, in my dreams anyway, next month we'll find out if it's reality. <laughs> It'll uh, look like an anthology, function like a magazine, and give people who love these kind of stories fun stories and then looks behind the scenes and then other stuff to think about or chew on. And it kind of the experience of going through it feels like going through a stack of comics when i was a kid in the spring when the mm. world was trying to kill me um and that's that's really what i'm trying to do so so wait a minute so let me let me just say that you you had an experience you traveled to an event you uh, found an anthology that that helped keep you alive it was like a respirator yeah. <laughs> during the yes, desperate definitely. times in Denver, desperate times, desperate in, Denver, times the new, in Denver, yeah, yeah right. Call for the Stoker Con, so the, the new book, yes. <laughs> the new series. So yeah. you were doing that, and and one thing sort of led to another. And you've mentioned comics, and I know that you know we, we both love comics, so we're going to come back to that in a moment. And you mentioned magazines and interviews, and all that. so how did you begin to put these elements together? Right. How did you right. map it out? You know, pen and so, paper in your brain? Right. What? Well, so I'm starting to play with this idea, but it's all still kind of 
sketchy and loose. And then that October, it was actually a Halloween uh, week event where we had, I think we had 10 HWA writers reading at uh, this uh, large Barnes and Noble in um, New Jersey. Okay. Yeah, right. Uh, in Par- Paramus. And I started looking at them and thinking about the the I- anthologine idea. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, my God. If tonight goes okay, I think I can ask them if they would want to participate. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we have another level. I don't have a lot of money because <laughs> yeah. I'm a real human. I'm a real human being. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, um, yeah. You're so, not Bruce Wayne. Yes. So I looked at what I could do, and I had been stocking away money to put into Seamus and Nunzio Productions, which is my small, tiny, little itty bitty publishing uh company and uh, so i looked and i said well how could i and i looked at the prices that people were getting and to be semi-professional i would have to pay people some money and the going price to do what i wanted to do was prohibitively expensive mm. so well, what can i do then i happened to be listening to music at the time and that led to the solution oh now for this part of the show this part of the story the behind the scenes i'm going to ask you alex to name a favorite song of yours oh jeez. um uh oh god um okay it's going to seem strange out of left field but michael jackson's keep the faith okay cool so imagine if you heard that song keep the mm-hmm. faith mm-hmm. and really enjoyed it and that was the only time you were going to be able to hear it. Oh, that sucks. Yes, exactly. What I tripped up on is that a lot of these authors, they work they work themselves you know, to the bone to create a short story. And they put it out there. And, you know, of course, most of us get rejected, rejected, rejected. Then if we're lucky, we get accepted into an anthology or a magazine or or something. And it gets published once and we move on. What if somebody was willing to say to them, hey, do you have a story that you really love? And you would like to see out in the public again. All right. Now, this is a win-win. It would take them, if they were interested, the amount of time it takes to send an email with an attachment. Uh-huh. That's the amount of work to get a, a story they really enjoyed that they wanted out there, right? It would be at least a favorite. So you, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be some crap that they couldn't get anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> you know i mean they could theoretically do that but i mean i didn't accept every story that i you know i, I did this by received, yeah. only and i didn't accept every story um some because i had a very uh, clear idea of the parameters of what the stories would do and others other times was because mm, you know okay um so I could pay them. The money I offered them was affordable. But because they had already been paid and they were only sending me an email, 
for a one-time ride, it looked like it was, oh, that's that's uh it's doable, cost effective for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll accept yeah. that small check to have it out one more time and to have mm-hmm. it refreshed in the public, you mm-hmm. know, so it was a win-win for everybody. Uh then something else interesting happened. Uh-oh. Dun, 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 dun. People started sending me stuff. You know, I, again, I, I had a closed uh, list of people I invited because I'm only one person, and I couldn't, I couldn't handle 500 stories. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm Submissions, just, yeah. Company's right. not built like that yet. Yet, yep. yet, he said. Yeah. Yes. But uh, some people said, "All right, listen, um, I'm going to send you this one. Um, it was part of this other thing, um, but I'd love to see it out solo." And then other people said, uh, I wanted to write you something new. Same price is fine with me, but here's something brand new. So about a third of the stories are brand new. Uh-huh. And about a third are, they were one thing, and then they were rewritten to be for this thing or something like that. Okay. And then there are some that are just reprints. Um I think that's really great. Very cool. Um, one guy wrote um, a super short story and a poem. And I looked and I asked him to make some, can I make some specific edits? Because the first half of the poem sounded like it was a direct result of the short story. And he was like, that's cool with me. <laughs> so, you know, they've, I just had a lot of good experiences with these people and um that became the next level of this project okay like you so said we're peeling back the onions right, right. still more but go so, ahead so you you invited certain specific people right, right to submit you you've already told us the criteria for submissions uh, they're coming for me uh you know um <laughs> you told us the criteria for that and then you got um a, a, a different t- categories of work uh, i.e brand new fresh pieces because that's right. what people wanted to do for you as opposed to right. uh reprint uh, having a chance to get something they they had already seen in print out right. there again uh for the fun of it and then there were hybrids of that something right. that was freshened right. up for this particular occasion and how many pieces did you get how did you well, wind up with did you wind up with yeah enough for the first three volumes <laughs> uh, the were... third volume still has slots in it mm-hmm. um so he, here's what it had i was going to do three different titles and then now they all became soul scream but um each one was going to have a different theme right so mm-hmm. my initial pitch to them was that and this we talked to we talk about um Pat Savage every once in a while, Doc Savage's Uh, cousin. We both agree that when Pat showed up, the stories were more fun, right? So taking that as kind of a jumping off point, um, I'm not doing anything political or anything, uh, you know, social uh, consciousness. I really went from a Pat Savage point of view. So the pitch was I was looking for stories preferably with a female protagonist who uses her will, skill, or agency to confront horror. 
And I gave only one other limitation. It had to be at most a soft R. Mm. More PG-13, but soft R at most. I just, for me only, I, I have much respect for the people who do body trauma or body horror or splatter punk, you know, or um, very violent, dark, you know. That stuff knocks me out of stories. Even if it's one of my favorite authors or whatever, no one did what I didn't realize it was a splatterpunk or body trauma, and they twisted a body part off the, the person and knocked me right out of the story. Mm. You know, so I can't, for me, for my functioning, you know, I wanted stories that, that you didn't have anything extreme that would just take you to a different place. Right. So I thought that would knock most of the people out. And it knocked a few of them out, you know, that nah, I'm going to pass. Mm -hmm. And a couple others, like, who the hell is this guy? And they passed, and that's fine. <laughs> but you know what? I I, I respect that because I still have to prove myself as a publisher. And I have to prove, I, I need proof of concept, mm -hmm. right? And we're mm -hmm. starting to get beta readers' responses coming back in. And someone said, I effing love this. So I guess we might be on the right track. Well, let but, me let um, me just let me just tie in there. So well, let me just I, answer that. Okay, I they I'm all try not came to in. Yeah, they all came in under soft R. Ah, however, okay. the genres under which you know under the large umbrella of horror were far reaching, from urban to fantasy elements to western to um psychological and pulpish and uh just um the folk magic is in there and it was fantastic but like okay. i said so many people responded i looked at the stories and a third of them had to be in this issue Another third could fall under my second volume's theme, which was Dark Justice. Mm -hmm. Your story in included fit better in there. Okay. And then I have a couple of stories. The third volume is going to think of um, Science Gone Mad is the mm -hmm. third one. And I, I'm, I need more stories on that. But, you know, let's we'll, we'll see if people write in now. Hey, I have a story. <laughs> But uh, there you go. So Okay, so let me go back to one. You were dealing with something that we writers who have pitched stuff uh, and gone after stuff have encountered numerous times, which is rejection. But this time, not as a writer, but in some way as a publisher. Uh, oh, yes. there, there were people saying, uh, thank you, but no thank you, for whatever their reason was. Did that feel any different? than when you were dealing with rejection as a writer? It only felt different because I the initial wave was so positive. So many people sent stories immediately or pitched stories back to me. How about this? Would this work? That I knew I was getting a lot in. So when the one or two people said, ah, I really, you know, and they were very polite about it. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, they, they eventually will see this and say, oh, he's 
I think I can work with him. And that's okay. That's fine. And I got one. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, the story was a lot of fun. Uh, the writer of great uh, potential, but it was hard R. Mm. And um, that didn't fit. And the I knew I, yeah. I, I knew it, I couldn't go that far. So, right. I, and I I sent him an apology instead of a rejection. I was like, I, you know, but I think that story is going to find a home somewhere. It just couldn't find this home. Okay. So then the other thing is, especially now that you ran down the the tones, and I was going to use the word genre, but that's not quite appropriate. The the sort of theme or thematic uh, categories that you ran down for your volume one, two, and three. Mm. I'm curious, what do you consider horror? I uh, have a very different definition of horror than I think a lot of uh, current horror people, you know, um, horror confronts your nightmares, right? Um, but nightmares don't always have to be demons. Mm. They don't always have to be body trauma. Um, as you know, because we've been friends since the dawn of time, um, <laughs> we're damn close to it. Yeah. Yeah. I've spent, I spent a bunch of years as a reporter in the Bronx, and a lot of that time was uh, spent during the crack wars of the uh, later 80s. And there was so much murder going on that uh, my tiny little newspaper that I worked at used to put a body count in the center teaser box. And it was usually 12 dead, 27 wounded. Mm. Week after week after week so when i'm talking about horror i'm coming from a much more grounded realistic i have seen charred bodies in house in, in in cars i've seen uh, uh sheets covering you know dead teenagers you know i went to interview a a, a fire chief one time and uh, they're kind of testing me to see if I would actually do it. So they, they gave me a 6 a.m. Uh, or 5 a.m. Uh, interview time. Mm -hmm. And the the station house or the engine house was um, built in such a way that it was square. And then you had to walk down an alley to get to the where humans went in, not just the fire trucks. <laughs> and I went down that alley and there was a dead body two in the back of the head. Oh, my goodness. And I went and I knocked on the door and the guy came in. And he said, I can't believe you came for the uh, interview. I said, you know, you got a DOA over here. And he thought I was pulling his leg. He said, is that a friend? Is that the photographer? Looking at I said, no, that guy's dead. <laughs> and he walked out with me and then we had to call the cops. We had to reschedule the interview and all that stuff. But that's where I'm coming from. Uh -huh. You know, uh, uh, and also um, a lot of abuse. You know, I covered a lot of sexual abuse, um, uh, domestic abuse. Mm -hmm. You know, these are the horrors that I know. Okay. So I think that works. And then I think there are so many things. Yes, demons fit in there. Ghosts fit in there. Classic monsters like vampires and like that. 
modern monsters like, you know, white privilege, um, all of <laughs> these things can be in horror, you know? So. But you're saying it's not necessarily about blood, guts and gore. Or it's not always about that, or it doesn't need to be that specifically in terms of monsters or disemboweling or that sort of thing. Denying inhumanity, uh, denying humanity, abusing humanity, or preying on humanity. That would be my definition of horror. Okay. And that allows monsters, Mm. but it allows the very real monsters. And those are the ones that I'm more fascinated with. Okay. Okay. So having said that, there are classic monsters in Soul Scream and Thalazine Volume One, as well as the more grounded stuff. Okay, so so we we've we've gone behind the curtain several times here. I sort of said deeper behind the curtain in terms of the philosophy and planning and plotting behind it and inspirations behind it, and even to some degree how you set up the criteria for it. Um, two two key questions with the time we have left. One, and I think this one is going to take the most time. What are your plans for this first issue? What are you what are you seeing and how soon? You know, what what what's going on there? When can we look forward to, you know? All right. So as you were saying before, I did work I think I was averaging 12 to 18 hour days going through the stories, designing the interior, editing, proofreading. God bless Glorious. She proofread everything and she doesn't like horror. Mm-hmm. Um Get it working with an artist from Argentina to get the the cover right. He actually also illustrated. I have one story in there, um, with a character named Desdemona, who is the keeper of the Soul Scream. Mm-hmm. So that's where the magazine's title comes from. Um, in a real compositional risk, Desdemona, the keeper of the Soul Scream in the story is also the assistant editor of Soul Scream and Thalazine. <laughs> so we we have so we everything that's going on in the book. Remember Marvel Bullpen? Uh yeah, the yeah. Bullpen Bulletin. I always love that because you'd get little and you never knew what Stan was saying was whether it was true or Bulgadash, you know, but it gave you a feel of you know, so you not only did you read the comic, but you felt like you were part of the team and the team. Yeah, yeah. So hanging out in the office and all that. Yeah, there's some of that that goes on with this, too, that I hope. um, uh, I hope people really enjoy the uh, pro the author profiles are written by three interns, um, because if you saw my byline, 58 times in a you know why would you what the hell so we have uh we've gotten some interns um uh finbar mcginnis uh finbar 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 mcginnis is one of them and he goes he likes to go deep into uh the 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 author or the writer you know you know that guy who would like teal and you when you two get together you Uh talk about you know, whatever you're talking about in the most nuanced detail, right? And the that excitement of having he has that. Okay. And um then there's Zebot Maruda. Uh I tell of you course. that guy that guy is gonna wind up reading writing for like People magazine or being a writer for you know the ET show. Uh that he's got a he's got that kind of thing. You know? uh, <laughs> and okay. then uh 
And then we have Connie. Oh. Connie Marie uh, Marcello is the true believer. And she idolizes these stories and these mm-hmm. authors. And she almost has uh, in her, to her writing, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know. So you get, they're all kind of fan feelings, you know. And I hope that collectively um, you get an experience that you might not get in a magazine and you might not get in an anthology. But that you and I used to get reading Marvel bulletin, uh, bullpen bulletins, bullpen you know, that, uh, wow, we're really part of this, you know, and uh, hopefully that'll work. But it's all part of what I think should be that fan experience, that that loving of stories, in this case, horror stories. Um, and then, you know, the the long history that you and I have in loving uh, the comic book feel of things. So that's where it's all going. Um, and, and you're, you're that's also why I have... establishing a relationship between the readership and, and the magazine itself on another level. True. Uh, and I hope yeah. with the authors as well, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I knew John Bushima because of the Marvel bulletin pen bulletins or, or rascally Roy Thomas. Right. You know, so I hope that people become a fan of Finbar, you know, or they find this writer, you know, there's a a Rebecca Cuthbert and she writes this thing. And um, maybe she, you know, maybe she's somebody that uh, people want to look for more Mm -hmm. or hold on one second. I'm holding Uh, here. We're we're still here, Chris. Don't worry. Or maybe we'll start a fan base for Yolanda LeBron. Yolanda uh, LeBron. Ooh. This is her debut as an author. Ah. Her story. And it would be great if people started saying, Wow, I want to see more from her. You yeah. know? Yeah. Um, so that's the kind of thing, you know. And and yes, the umbrella is really wide, you know. Bobby Nash huh. is a well known pulp author. Okay, but he he sent me a com he sent me a, a, a horror story, story yeah. you know. Um, EF deal, definitely a fantasy story, but it's a fantasy horror story. So just like sitting down with a, a stack of comics, you know, you might read the Avengers, but the next one in the pile might be Swamp Thing, you yeah. know. And mm-hmm. we would change, you know, we would go with those different style changes. So, That's what I'm going for. Okay, so um, when is this coming out? Uh, very soon. It's coming out uh, March. Ah, March twenty twenty three. Okay. Yeah, it's it's it's. I promised everybody when we first did this that it would be a winter twenty twenty three release, okay. and I'm running out of winter in March, and that's <laughs> it's going to be in before the end of winter. So um, between October twenty twenty two and March of twenty twenty three, you put this. You and the team and these authors have right. all brought this to life yeah and that's another thing that i wanted to tap back into that uh pacing of production that i learned from weekly journalism Mm. you know um so i want to put these together you know if you get great stories that's most of the work done Mm -hmm. and then the rest is you know, getting the interns to write their pieces and getting me to do my editing. And that's where the 18 hours uh, uh, days come from. 
But if you could turn one out and then the next plan, volume two, spring 2023. Okay. Okay. And okay. then we're going to try and continue from there. We're going to we'll keep dangling carrots like that. <clears throat> okay. So you yes. got, you got about three minutes to, to, to round this off with some final bit of wisdom or mini M-I-N-I story that you want to share or uh, anything else, but you had three minutes. So what would you say? What would you say to the to the the audience that we've allowed backstage? Well, I would say that uh, most of you are here and most of you would talk to uh, or listen to us because you love story. And this is this is kind of a love letter to all of you. You know, uh, I wanted it to be something that story fans would really love. And I think it is. And and the story of why Desdemona uh, uh, inherited the soul scream and, and what that means. Mm-hmm. Is what that tied, is, yeah. Yeah, it, it ties directly to uh, the discomfort that so many of us feel with today's uh, society, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's a very much a modern person. Uh, and then to have her be one of the entities putting the papers uh, the the, the production together, together yeah, yeah. I think is another way to explore things in a fresh way. It's you know the the one of the um, beta readers said she was amazed by how much story and how much content was packed into uh, what is less than two hundred pages. I think it's about mm-hmm. one hundred eighty or so pages. Uh, that was on purpose. You know, to get as much as I could and then to try and get it in in a volume that I could price as as affordably as possible. And people would go and want and say, wow, I got I love this story and that story. And this was a cool article. And and the article on Feyre was really good. And the article on uh, Dracula was really cool. Uh, I never saw Mina Harker in that uh, in that light. Mm -hmm. There's so much. So much there to 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 savor to play with, yeah. yeah, yeah. And and I just think that uh, this has been a work, uh, you know, labor of love is such a cliche, uh, but it's definitely something from my heart that culminates a lot of the things that kept me going for all these years, and I'm trying to give back and contribute to, to the community. Okay, and I so, think art artists, that's all we can do. That's true. That's true. That's true. Okay, so. We're going to be peeking back here periodically because okay. really we're only talking a few weeks before the debut. So right. when that happens, we'll 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 jump on this again, Chris. Um, this was this was your moment, you know. And like <laughs> I said, I wanted to share this and and really, you know, folks, just around it, round it, round it off. Um, all of this is the same process we've talked about, just from a different side of the of the camera. Um, writing from the heart, telling stories that are important to you, um, trying to get them out, submitting them, taking taking on the, the the pressure, the emotional connection of will they accept it? Will they like it? You know, okay, someone's rejected, try another place. All of that is is really just the path that many artists have to walk. And the more you do it, the stronger you'll get. Uh, and most certainly the truer to your word and your passion uh, I think the more satisfaction you're likely to reap from it. So, Chris, thank you again, everybody. It's always thank a you. pleasure talking with you, buddy. <laughs> it is always an honor. And thank you for turning the uh, topic towards uh, one of my 
Dream Projects, Soul Scream, and Thalazine coming at you March 2023, baby. <laughs> Take care, Chris. Take Peace, care, everybody. Brother. Thanks, everybody. Go tell a damn story. Oh, <laughs> oh,